Jesus summarized the commandments talking about relationships, saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. May the Holy Spirit work through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father to equip us to live in relationship with him and one another according to his will. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God is concerned about relationships. He cares about our relationships. God created us in his own image, and he treasures us as the crown of his creation. He gave man and woman to live to each other in relationship with one another as the triune God is one. But sin messed that up. Sin severed our relationship with God and with one another. In our text today, we see the result. Isaiah proclaims something that's been true since the fall into sin. Man hiding from God thinking that God doesn't know or see what we do in secret. Sinful man like you, like me, have twisted everything upside down to the point that we are like the clay that says to the potter, you didn't make me, or you don't understand me. In our gospel text today, Jesus puts it quite simply. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And Paul speaks to the profound mystery of the relationship between Christ and his church, liking it to the bridegroom and his bride. Prophet Jeremiah speaks of the new covenant that must be made because my covenant they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. You see, in our selfishness, we are only concerned about old number one, about ourselves which makes any and all relationships very challenging, whether that's at home, at work, in government, and even within a church family. See, all it takes is a misspoken word, a varying opinion, a look, or someone failing to live up to our expectations, and relationships are severed. Walls are put up, and people suffer. Even a church family can suffer. Which is tragic because the world oftentimes looks at the church and can see that even in the church, getting along isn't a given. And because of that, they may even get the impression that the cross isn't enough to heal relationships. It's my prayer that as a church family, we would be able to model God's love and grace and, and forgiveness with one another, that the world would look at us and see what amazing difference the cross makes in our lives. That the cross restores relationships, even ones that have been strained for years. The cross gives full and complete forgiveness and makes us one in Christ and one with each other. The relationships are held together by the invisible cord called commitment. Commitment is like an island of certainty in the midst of a sea of change and upheaval. And we're not like uh, human butterflies that flutter through each day into other people's lives, just stopping long enough to get what we want and then flying off again. We're human beings created in God's image, 
recreated through the redeeming blood of our Savior so that we are capable of making one thing certain in an uncertain future. And that certainty in all of our relationships is love. God is love. We love because God first loved us. And our scripture texts tell us once again today and show us that God is committed to us. His heart is all in for us, revealed through his son giving his life for us. What he desires for us is that our hearts would be all in for him and not simply just giving lip service. Because lip service or half-heartedness doesn't work in any relationship. Think about it this way. If you were to go home and say over dinner, you know, dear, I've been acting as though I love you, but my heart's just not in it. My heart's still searching for something or someone else. How do you think that would go? Or what if you went into work tomorrow and said to your boss, I put in my 40 hours each week, but only work half-heartedly at it, but thanks for the paycheck. Or what if your child would come home and say to you, I'm glad I have a place to crash at night, but if you think I'm going to listen to what you have to say, forget about it. Why would people just ever give lip service to their relationships? Whether that's husband and wife, child and parents, working with others, or even at church. The reason that that sometimes happens is because it begins with a sinful heart sinful heart that is only turned inward and only cares about ourself. But the other relationships are about the other eye. That other eye are those whom with we relate, with whom God calls us to love as we love ourselves. Paul writes in, in our epistle text, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. The welfare and the happiness of the other person who has become the other eye, whether that's a spouse, parent, child, or co-worker, has immediate effect on his or her own welfare and happiness. And so we need to ask ourselves, do they know that we love them? And if the answer there is no, then we need to make some changes. We can pray along with David in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Forgive my selfishness that puts myself before loving others. If the answer is yes, then we can rejoice that we're doing unto others as the Lord has revealed to us. Because as we know, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He laid down his life with a sacrificial love, a committed love, an unconditional love, to purchase a relationship with us, to replace a sinful and selfish heart with a forgiven heart a committed and sacrificial heart uh, that sees a desire for every relationship to reveal God, to reveal that love that he has for us. In all the examples of relationships, Paul has laid out for us how every relationship is influenced or transformed by God's love. God sent his only son in love to restore all relationships that have been broken by sin. Marriage involves each mate giving themselves totally to the other. Not because they have to, not because somebody is going to make them, 
but rather because of their reverence for Christ. As Christ gave himself totally for us, we are to give ourselves totally to our spouse. Later, Paul says to husbands, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. As you hear that, you realize there is no hint of an autocratic lord and master here. Indeed, instead, it's a serving headship. Christ gave himself into suffering and death for the church, and so the husband is to give himself up for his wife, giving her health, her welfare, and her happiness priority over his own concerns. In this setting, a wife won't fight her husband for headship, but will willingly encourage and support him in the headship of the family and give her heart fully to him out of reverence for Christ. Hers will be a willing giving to out of submission and respect and love. His will be a willing giving for of love, care, and concern. Another example is the relationship between children and their parents. The Bible tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And it also says, fathers, do not provoke your children. We know, of course, that the growing up process produces some tensions in every family. Youth are eager to get out from under while parents want to keep them under. But in God's perspective, the priority, the the main concern for families is that they see the home as a place where the love of Christ is nurtured through mutual reverence for him as the center of the home, the foundation. From the home, Paul moved to the workplace in the verses following our text, where the influencing and transforming love of Christ has given them identity and self-worth as children of God. No matter what their place in life, no matter what their social status is, And in all these examples, again, the relationship as church, as husband and wife, family, or work, God is committed to relationships. So much so that he gives of himself to influence and transform them. It's the perfect life of Christ that transforms us to look past the imperfections of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And instead, to be able to look at everyone, uh, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, as they truly are fellow redeemed, forgiven, and loved children of God. It's the sacrificial death of Christ that transforms us to make sacrifices to help out brother or sister in need. And it's the victorious resurrection of Christ that we share the joy and promise of eternal life with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so as you you look at Where you are now and the circumstances that you're in now, you may not be able to change those circumstances that you're in now, but it can change you within those circumstances. And so carry this image with you into the coming week. Serve Christ as you respect and work with those who are over you, as you are friendly and helpful to coworkers, as you do the very best that you can with your whole heart. You'll probably find that your whole work situation will improve. Let your children or your grandchildren see the love of Christ as you submit all your endeavors before him with your whole heart. And they'll find a home that functions by the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
and love your spouse as yourself out of submission for Christ. And you'll start living out God's design as the bride of Christ himself who loves you with a committed, sacrificial, and eternal love. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that's how we live loved, how we live loved by God, both now and forever. Amen.